Well, happy Mother's Day indeed. Um, Don't miss, moms, that your best moments are sweaty and vacuuming (laughs) and running out of gas during the storm on the lake and long walks in the cemetery. (laughs) You don't have to try so hard. You're awesome at every moment. Amen. Take that away today. So thank you for that. Um, So why is it that we come to church for? Why do we do this week after week? If, it, if not, to try to learn to discern the will of God. Uh, Pastor Dan often says, you come to church to learn to pray. And what he means is you come to church to learn to hear from God and to be in communion with him. So this is the end of our difficult questions series. Uh, and we have a couple of questions here that are going to help get us right at that center meaning. Why do we come to church? To learn to discern the will of God. So here are a couple of questions that you submitted. One of you wrote, how do you know if one of your desires is just a human want versus God calling you to do that? Another of you asked, how can you discern God's voice from your own desires or thoughts? Almost same question. From, from two different folks. Can you hear the core confusion there? How do you separate voices, sensations, and, and everything um, that's going on inside you from God? Or is that coming from you? Because here's why we have this problem. The vast majority of us never hear an audible, like with our ears, voice of God. Even the one person I personally know who had an experience where they heard an audible voice of God while driving uh, only had that happen once. So for the vast majority of us and the vast majority of the time for all of us, when we hear God, we hear things that feel very similar to thoughts, sensations, stirrings, or even interpreting events going on around us. Is that rain? Good, it's not a locust swarm. <laughs> the seventh seal has been opened. All right. Oh, so, all right. Rain it is. So for the vast majority of us, uh, God's voice, I know I got to find where I was. Yes. So how do we separate? Is that coming from us? Is that coming from God? So what I want to do is I want to suggest um, a, a series of questions that we can ask ourselves when we're having these types of experiences and, uh, and help us discern where, where does it come from, God or ourselves. So here's the first question. It's a simple one. Do the thoughts that I'm having in prayer, or, or maybe just suddenly, um, do they sound different? Do they sound different than words I would normally use, different than phrases I would normally use? Is it giving me an idea that I don't think I ever would have come up on my own? Does it sound like, feel like a voice from outside? That's not a bad discernment tool. Um, it, it, it happens quite often. There's just one problem with it, and that is that creativity sounds like that also. You can also have a creative moment, and that sounds like different types of words and sensations and ideas and things you never would have thought of. So if what you're trying to discern has some important consequences, it is a weighty matter. You can't just use this question to discern that. We're going to need some other questions. So here's another question you can ask yourself when you're having a thought or a sensation. You wonder, is this from God? Does my desire violate scripture? 
Scripture is the revealed word of God, and it is one of the best tools we have to learn what God's voice sounds like. That's one of the one of the best reasons to get scripture inside us because we learn from those who have gone before us the types of things that God is likely to say. And therefore we can also discern maybe the types of things God is not likely to say because he's never said anything like that before. And God is not going to call us to violate how he's presented himself in scripture. Now there's two problems that can occur with this one. One is, do we know scripture well enough to know what the voice of God has ever sounded like. Some of us just need more scripture and more understanding of those writings in our life so that we can know what the voice of God sounds like. And then there's another problem. Uh, Scripture must be interpreted. And unfortunately, these days, you can go to the internet and find scripture used to support anything you want. And that's not a good place to be. You can go to scripture and, and, and find it uh, used to support anything you want. I had a friend once who said, uh, a Bible verse will confess to anything if you torture it long enough. So that's another question to ask yourself, though. So say you had this idea, this belief you wanted to hold or this thing you wanted to do. You found a Bible teacher, probably online, who, who supports it. Do you have to do mental gymnastics to make that Bible passage support what you're thinking? You know, do you have to interpret this in ways that the original writer or the original readers would never have occurred to them? Sometimes there are Bible teachers who don't handle the scriptures with uh, historical accuracy, intellectual honesty, Christian love. And you can actually follow a Bible teacher who will lead you to be disinterested in the Bible and distrustful of God's church. And that's when you know you've fallen into the devil's trap. I don't mean to be overly dramatic, but what, how else can you describe it? That you had a question, you had a wondering, something you wanted to do, or a way you were wondering, and you found a Bible teacher who, through a lot of twists and turns, can get you there. But when you follow this Bible teacher's way of handling Scripture, it ultimately leads you to be very doubtful of the Bible as a whole, throw out large sections of it, and be distrustful of something like the church. And so you wind up isolating yourself. What else could that be? So if you are finding yourself there, I would say, flee from that. Flee from that. You'll be better off in the church, uncomfortable with this one issue, than out there, isolated and separated. However, a lot of what people ask when they're asking to discern the will of God is morally neutral choices. Not everyone who's trying to discern God's will is trying to discern some right or wrong sort of issue. A lot of times we're trying to discern things like career path, education, um, purchases, different types of medical care, family relationships. Everything on the table here probably doesn't violate scripture, but we're asking what's the will of God among all these possible choices? So that question, does it violate scripture, won't help us. We need another question. So try this one. What does my spiritual community, the church, say? One spirit-filled person, even even, even well-trained, is not enough to discern the will of God. We need community. And so what I'm talking about here is your small group. I'm talking about a small group of Christian friends. You all love God and you trust them and they love you. And so you you bring things to them. 
You bring things to that circle and you say, I've been praying about my job. I've been praying about my kids. I've been praying about this car. And I think I'm hearing this, but I don't know. Is that just me? And then a lot of things could happen after that. They might say nothing. They might say they would like to pray about that themselves on your behalf for, for a time. They might immediately say a lot. And even there, you've got to begin to discern, ask the Holy Spirit to help you hear them. Um, you may feel a, a, a great peace as they begin to speak. Or you may feel like, they didn't really listen to me. Or you may feel like they have their own agenda or problems and they're just kind of putting that back on me. Or they may say just exactly what all of your other Christian friends have said and all of your prayers have been saying. And we call that an affirmation. God can be in all of that. God can be in all of that. Even in the people that didn't listen very well. Very often God speaks like, see, I told you this was going to be a little different. So in all of that, God can speak. Does asking people to help you discern the will of God violate scripture? You know, we're trying to discern the will of God and we're asking other people, even good people, but people, is that wrong? It's not wrong. And it does not violate scripture. Proverbs eleven fourteen: where there is no guidance, a nation falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 12, 15, fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to advice. Proverbs 12, 26, the righteous give good advice to friends, but the way of the wicked leads astray. Proverbs 15, 22, without counsel, plans go wrong, but with many advisors, they succeed. And of course, Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron. One person sharpens the wits of another. God has given us community as a valuable tool to help discern his will. What happens when these questions don't help either? Especially when we pray for God's will and we don't hear or sense anything. That's a whole other problem. You'd love to ask your friends if what you heard was from God or from you, but you didn't hear anything. There's some other questions that you can ask yourself in that time when the Spirit is not speaking. Try this question. Do I really need to know right now? I know we want to know. Do we need to know? Sometimes even in a group, we can't discern God's will because we don't need to know. God is working it out, and our knowing doesn't matter. God is going to intervene, and all we are called to do is wait. And our prayer should be to have the strength and the patience to wait on God. You know, maybe in the end, only one of those jobs is going to make you an offer. So there'd be no point to you wasting a lot of time praying about which one. Maybe only one of those schools is going to offer you a meaningful scholarship. Maybe you're praying about taking this relationship to the next level and God's not answering because God knows that person's about to do something so terrible that you're going to boot them out of your life. And so there's no point in taking the relationship to the next level and you're about to find out. And that'll be a win for you because you found out now rather than after you took it to the next level. Sometimes we only need to wait on God and ask him to make it clear to us through his direct intervention in events. 
Here's another question you can ask yourself when God's not speaking. Am I afraid of violating God's plan or am I just afraid of failing? So this one may shock you, but some of us are trying to discern things that God doesn't care about. I don't mean he doesn't care, he doesn't care. God's a good father and he always cares about the things we care about. But what I mean is, um, he doesn't care one way or the other on these particular choices you have before them. They're all fine by him. In essence, sometimes you ask God, what do you want me to do? And God answers back, what would you like to do? That makes us crazy. But he does that. And here's something you really, really, we all need to know. Violating scripture, violating conscience, these sorts of things, that all has penalties, sometimes severe. If you're drinking till you're drunk, you're sleeping around, greediness, holding a grudge, that stuff will kill you. That stuff will kill your soul. But for a lot of what we're trying to discern, career path, education path, purchases, ministry ideas, we wonder if we should get involved in it. All that's going to happen is that we're gonna make, we might make a mistake or we might fail. And God doesn't care about that. Well, we care immensely. We don't want to fail. But from God's point of view, he knows, well, that failure is very necessary in order for you to learn this thing I've been trying to show you. This mistake is going to take you in a new direction, but you're going to take things you learned here in that new direction. God knows all of this. So we're asking, God, show me which one of these things is going to work. That's what we're really asking. And God's saying, oh, you know, give it a try. How many things in your life had God told you how it was going to turn out? You wouldn't have done it in the first place. But you did, in fact, learn things from that that helped you in everything that came after. God is not concerned about our mistakes and failures because that's how we learn and grow and prepare for all the future successes. He's with us either way. So for a lot of us, what we're trying to discern is really we just need to step out. It's just time to step out in faith. God will be with you either way for the whole journey. I hope that spoke to someone this morning. Now let's talk about that key confusion that was in both questions. Telling the difference between what God is saying and what our own desires or wants or even stress might be saying. So early, or just a few minutes ago, I said that we need to study scripture in order to know what God's voice sounds like. But there's something uh, equally important in discernment. And that is that you also need to read yourself so that you know what your own voice sounds like. The reason many of us can't tell the difference between whether the voice in our head is God or our own human desire is because we don't really know what we sound like either. Even if we may be an expert at the scriptural side of it. So our congregation has a lot of opportunities where you can learn this skill of reading yourself so you know what that voice sounds like. I want to share some of them with you. Our milestones, particularly the generations retreats, we're on, it's where people go away for a weekend. They, they learn to pray. We're on the seventh generation. I think the eighth starts this fall. Right now in Generation 7, there are 20 people from our congregation who are sacrificing time and money and tremendous amount of energy to go for three, four weekends a year and spend the whole weekend learning to pray. 
How strong is that going to make our congregation to have 20 people learning to pray and hear God like that? Also in there, they learn to read themselves. When I, when I was in, uh, sat under Pastor Dan and, and studied personality, here's what I learned. I learned that I'm someone who tries to earn love and admiration by achieving things and getting things done, which sounds awesome but has a huge dark side. And that is that whenever there's a problem, I immediately think, well, if I just do better, do more, work harder, that'll fix everything. And it doesn't. It doesn't. So when I'm in a hard place and I'm praying, God, help me, I often hear a voice that says, Garrett, you need to preach better. You've got to love people more. You need to pray longer. You need to give more. And so when I hear that voice, I've got to stop and go slow through that. It feels very energized. But that's exactly the type of thing I always think when I'm worried and afraid. However it feels, however it feels, it sounds a lot like my own voice when I'm stressed out and worried about something. So you're going to have to learn to read yourself and what is down inside of you. Because uh, we're all different. We're all different. Some of you, when you're in the valley, you always hear this voice saying, you're doing it wrong. If you'd just be better and more right, it would get better. Others of you always hear a voice that says you need to find someone's hurting and rescue them. That's what Christians do. They always find someone who's hurting and they go rescue them. Others of us always hear a voice that says no one loves you and no one's paying any attention to you. Others of us always hear a voice that says I need to fall back and study more. I need to learn more. I need to get more facts under my belt and then I'll be able to take this on. Others of us hear a voice that says I need a contingency plan in case this goes wrong. I need some escape routes if I'm going to move forward because there's a lot of ways this could turn bad. Others of us always hear a voice that says, I just need to take a break and have some fun. That'll fix it. Always take a break and have some fun. Still others hear a voice that says, I need to assume control of this situation because this is going to go bad if left in the hands of dummies. So I need to take control of this situation. Others of us always hear a voice saying, you know what, just don't do anything. These things will pass. It will pass if you just do nothing. Just, just sit here and just keep doing what you're doing. It'll be fine. It'll go away by itself. That's all in your personality. And when that voice comes into your dark valley, you've got to be aware. It might be God, but it might not be God. It might be your own voice echoing back to you from the walls of your valley in the way that it usually does. Another opportunity to learn to read yourself, to discern your voice and God's voice is the listen to my life class or the Enneagram class that Pastor Marta teaches. So I took listen to my life and she had us draw this map of our peak experiences, the best things that ever happened to us in our life. And after making this and getting it on paper, I could see there were certain patterns here. There were things that when I did them, and they were very similar things, God would meet me there and I would grow. She also had us map out the valleys, the low points of her life. And sure enough, once I got this all filled in, I saw there was patterns here too. There were things that would happen that I, when I responded in these ways, I would, end up, I would wind up wounded and hurt. So now when I pray and I have these sensations, I wonder if it's from God. If it's things more like this, 
I slow down and I listen because I've met God here before and it's been good for me. But when I hear things like this, I go even slower because I've gone down these paths before thinking I was serving God and wound up really hurt. Another path would be counseling, to take part in counseling. Or if you're in a couple, marriage counseling. Because there's different voices in relationship than there are at work and church and when you're on your own. And the voices in your marriage relationship are very strong, um, uh, mostly because they came from how you grew up. And so all these voices and stories are in there and they've formed your personality a certain way. Well, guess what? Your spouse has this whole other background. And so when you come together, you look at each other and you go, that person's crazy. That person's so weird, they're incomprehensible. But you're just from two totally different backgrounds and voices. And when you learn to read that, then you can hear what's happening in your relationship and you can discern What's the will of God coming into our marriage? And what's this little weird dance that we always do that we can actually learn to care for each other better? Marriage, uh, any kind of counseling is not navel-gazing. It's not a sign that something is wrong with you. You shouldn't be able to figure this out by yourself. Um, it is not something that people do right before they get a divorce. Knowing yourself does help you tell the difference between your desires and the desires of God. Uh, someone in the 1400s called this loving yourself for God's sake. I never understood that until actually writing this message. So he had loving God for your sake and, 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 and loving you know, God for God's sake. And then there was this one loving yourself for God's sake. And this answers the question of why would I be paying to, so much attention to myself and learning my story and dredging up my past? Most of us would like to just bury our past and, and let it abscess down there. Um, why would I dredge all that up? Because it's part of loving ourselves for God's sake. Here's what I'll say about this. Have you ever tried to love someone who does not love themselves? Most of you have. You tried to love someone, but they did not love themselves, Right? And they could not receive. You're trying to pour out love for them and they just got a Captain America shield up and they're just deflecting it because they don't love themselves. Well, we do that with God. We, we, we try to love God, but we ignore ourselves. We bury ourselves. We pay no attention to ourselves. And God is trying to pour all this love at us and we're so disinterested in ourselves that we're deflecting it all back at him and we don't even know it. So you must... Love yourself in order to let more of God's love in. It's the next step on your journey. So we've said a lot today about one of the most important topics that we can be handling, how to discern the will of God. So this is where you get to find out that I used to be a school teacher. Let's review. <laughs> okay, the question is, how do we know if one of your desires is just a human want versus God calling you to do that? How can you discern God's voice from your own desires or thoughts? We said there's a series of questions we want to ask ourselves when we think we may be having an encounter with God. The first is, uh, do the thoughts I have in prayer, or suddenly, sound different? Does my desire violate Scripture? Do I know Scripture well enough to tell if it violates Scripture or not? Do I have to go to dangerous Bible teachers to find scriptural support for my desires? 
Some of us just need more scripture in our life this year. For women, I would recommend uh, the women's study at the well, a women's Bible study that happens here at Lakeland. I am jealous sometimes of the energy that they all have. They're having such a good time there. For men, I'd recommend men's discipleship breakfast. We go deep into the scriptures there. Um, Also, there are many small groups starting in the fall that will be focused on scripture. Take any one that you like. Another question for discernment, what does my spiritual community, the church, my small group, my circle of Christian friends say? Many of you need a small group in your life this fall as small groups come around. Now, I want to say this. Right now, 75% of folks at Lakeland are in a small group. That is astounding. When I went to seminary, they said, if you have a small groups ministry, you will never get more than 30% of a suburban church to take part in it. 30%. We have 75% in small groups. makes our congregation... Very valuable. That means a lot of you have tools to discern the will of God. And I want to say to you this morning that our enemy, the devil, is not going to let you just have that. That's too powerful of a congregation and community. So I want everyone to be mindful this summer and this fall of temptations that come to steal that from you. Temptations to be bored with your group. Temptations to be too busy to show up to your group. Temptations to be irritated with people in your group. Temptations to fight passively or actively with your group in person or online. I want you to look for places where it seems like Satan's trying to break up your group. I want us to fight for it. I want you to pray for it. I want you out of defiance to participate in it with even twice as much love as you did the week before. Show up especially on the night you didn't want to go. That's always the night that you get the most out of it, is it not? Um, and, And defend it because we have a place where we have more than twice what any church is supposed to be able to have of community. And it's a tool of gold to discern the will of God. And we don't know what God's going to say, but we all want to be there when he says it. So protect and defend that this year. And and God bless you for what you've done. What if when God's not speaking, what are our questions? Do I really need to know or can I just wait for God on this one? Am I afraid of violating God's plan or am I just afraid of failing? Do I just need to step out in faith? Is the strong voice I hear God's voice or my own fear, my own anger, my own sadness, which usually speaks in this certain way? Do I know my own personality well enough to tell the difference? I recommend the Milestones Generations Retreat to learn to read yourself, listen to my life, firm foundations for couples, individual counseling. That's our review. All, I hope, powerful tools to help us discern the will of God. But above all, I want everyone to remember this. Above all, God knows It's hard for us to discern his will. He's not saying, why do you guys have so much trouble with this? This is super easy. God's not saying that. He's the one who has made this arrangement. He knows that right now we don't wake up in the morning and walk with him in the garden and speak with him like we once did. We're in a season of of the history of the universe where that's not the way it is. And he wants it that way for a reason that we don't understand right now. God wants us to know his will. And so if you want to know his will also, then he will show it to you when the time is just right. If you're seeking it, you're not going to miss it by accident. If God's saying, I can't tell you that yet, 
there's also an amazing and wonderful reason for that, that although it's immensely frustrating today, you will thank him for when the time comes. So be at peace with God. This is not ours to control. Trust in him. He's completely trustworthy. He's walking with us when we hear and understand, when we don't hear and we don't understand. Remember the promise that Jesus gives us in Matthew chapter 7. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone, to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. This promise comes to us from Christ Jesus. And we can cling to that as we discern the will of God. Amen? Amen. Well, let us pray. Father, you are good to us. We trust you. At the very least, we want to trust you. And we pray as that man prayed, I believe you, God. Help me with my unbelief. Father, for those of us who are discerning very difficult things, we pray that you would speak to us. And if you cannot speak to us, that we would have the strength to wait until all is revealed. We know you are always good, always working on our behalf. Help us walk with peace. It is the name of Christ Jesus, we pray, who gives us this wonderful promise. We, we pray in his name. Amen.